This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Bernie, it's a good transition when you talk about the idea of your personal experiences, because I don't think enough people recognize or remember that there are a lot of parallels between where Aaron Judge is right now and where you were after the 1998 season. You had just finished the best season of your career, right? You won the batting title, won a World Series again, uh, won a gold glove. Um, You were 30 years old and you were a free agent. And, you know, I I think a lot of people do remember, but I think there's enough people who just don't remember what actually entailed. You were gone. You were a Boston Red Sox. You were out and the Yankees were moving on. They were going to Albert Bell and – it didn't, you know, we forget some of that because you came back. You signed an eight-year contract, took you through age 38, which is probably about the area where Aaron Judge is, you know, looking to get signed through. Um, what's the process like uh, from your standpoint, from your family standpoint? Listen, the money is the money, and we all know that, but there's an idea of playing in this place versus playing in that place and taking your family here or taking your family there. And what personally you feel making this decision about leaving the only organization you've ever known, can you shed a little bit of light from your personal experiences on what Aaron Judge might be going through right now? Well, yeah, from my own experience, I think that it's it's a really complicated process. It's a complicated process mentally, and it's a complicated process emotionally because, uh, you know, in my case, the Yankees was the only organization that I knew. I grew up with them. I was a minor leaguer with them. I signed with them, and I spent five and a half years with them before I became a major league baseball player. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously they gave me the opportunity, and I had to go through my own struggles to establish myself. Uh, you know, you call it, uh, you know, a little bit of fortune, a little bit of luck, a little bit of hard work, a little bit of being in the right place at the right time having the right people advocating for me in certain circumstances, all of those things allowed me to remain as a Yankee uh, up until the point that I became a free agent. But you have to realize that, you know, you're spending whatever it is the time that you're spending in the minor leagues, you have no, uh, really no leverage at all. Right. 
you have a, a, a certain amount of time in the big leagues that you have absolutely no leverage or have a little bit more leverage, but not really the leverage that you should have as a, as a free agent. <clears throat> and if you see any other organization, any other company, you know, you go from like Microsoft to Google to Apple to whatever, you know, there's no, <laughs> there's no qualms. <laughs> you know, you go to the organization and you go to the company that gives you the best opportunity to have a better career, a better future for yourself and your family, and you can allow yourself to retire and with the best uh, possibilities. And uh, in sports, it's a little bit different because you you create this rapport with the fans, and 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 as as long as you know that you're important in the organization, that you have some value, there's always this side of you that wants to go out there and see what's out there for you to see, to give you that opportunity, give yourself an opportunity to see if there's anything out there better because you have earned that opportunity. You have one chance, realistically. You, and you have one chance. Uh, as, you know, as I think, you know, maybe Aaron may have at this point, you know, at 30, this is basically the best deal that you're going to get, the longest amount of time that you're going to get in a contract and the best, you know, uh, long-term uh, uh, situation that you're going to get yourself into. So you want to make sure that it is the best and not necessarily uh, regarding the money because the money is just one part of the thing. It's your playing, how comfortable you are with the organization, how comfortable you are with the city. You know, if you have family, you know, in my case, I had a family, I had kids. They all have already had their friends, their school already set up. You know, I have, you know, my wife at the time and everybody was kind of like set in a place. And for me to move that whole operation from one place to another and starting from scratch, I mean, that was it was going to be a big ordeal. Can I stop you there for a second? Because that's an important point that I don't think enough people really understand. Like, I mean, you're a real person like the rest of us. You talked about your kids and, and their friends and where they're going to school and what your wife thinks. How much, you know, you were a free agent for approximately a month before you signed. It was like right before Thanksgiving, uh, which felt like a, a long time then. Now it's just part of the process. But how much of that time is spent in the internal struggle with your family and wondering if you're making the right move for them. Yeah, it's, it, it was, it, it was a struggle. It was a struggle because uh, in, in the back of your mind, you have, you, you, you're looking after your best interests and the best interests of your family. At the same time, you, you're a little bit hurt because you're going through a situation that in your mind shouldn't even happen in the first place if they really wanted you. But you learn not to take that in a personal way and saying this is just the business part of the game that you have to deal with. Yeah. And they're looking after their best interest, too. They're trying to get you as cheap as they can. So you got to make your move and you try to, you know, make sure that you are putting yourself in the best situation that you could be successful. But there are so many variables that come into play, you know, coming into a city that you don't know. Every time you come into a city that you do not know and the people don't know you, you're always going to try your hardest to try to, to, you know, make sure that they know that they made the right decision. And you're going to try hard and you're going to try maybe too hard, you know, and there's going to be a period of adjustment that you don't have to go through in the organization that you're with. You know, you don't have to go through that process. So there's this tug of war between, you know, do they want me enough you know, to sign me? 
Am I happy where I am? Is the grass going to be greener on the other side? Is there amount of money that they're offering me? It's not going to be able to ups- offset, you know, that the ordeal that I'm going to go with, you know, with my family and removing and doing all this other stuff. And you have to t- put all of that in, con- in, in consideration uh, to make your decision. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's what the Aaron is going through right now. And, and it's hard because, you know, those decisions that you make, they're going to affect, you know, the way that you're going to be, you know, compensated for the rest of your career. It's just kind of like one thing kind of goes on top of the other and builds on that block. If you, you know, have a, a, a make a bad deal, that's going to carry you through, you know, through the next deal that you make. And when you're talking about five, six, seven, eight years, you know, that's, you know, that, that's a life changing thing. So I'm pretty sure that with the year that Aaron had, uh, he is going to be he's going to be well compensated everywhere he goes. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a matter of, first of all, having an opportunity to be happy where he's at. No matter no doesn't matter how much money he's making, he has to be happy. And two, I think what I think it will be probably in his mind also, he has to be in a team that will give him an opportunity to to be a champion, to have that ring. You know, it maybe may not matter the first couple of years of the contract, but as he get as he gets older, he's going to be into place. You know, when he's kind of you know right at, at the twilight of his career, and he's saying, "Oh, I don't have a ring yet." You know, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. So th- he's going to have to put that in consideration as, as well. And I mean, uh, if I have to be a betting man, I mean, the Yankees probably will give him an opportunity to be year in and year out on an organization that will give him the best chance to have that ring you know, at some point during the course of his career. So he has to put that in, take that in consideration as well. To me, I think it just comes down to money with Judge. I, I feel confident. Uh, I feel like, you know, the, the Yankees are not going to be outbid. If they go back and forth with the Giants, so be it. But I feel like it's a two-team race. Uh, I, I can't see him as a Giant, just like I could not see you as a Boston Red Sox. Like, that would <laughs> that would change history completely. And it would change history for Judge. So, um more than money is the cachet and the legacy and being a Yankee your whole career, right? You can speak to, to that. You, you understand I mean, I, what that is. I give you the best example that I could ever have, which is, I mean, I really don't know a lot of the details, but I know enough to comment on, on uh, the case with uh, Robinson, Robinson Cano. Mm-hmm. When he left the Yankees to play with the, Mar- with the Seattle Mariners, I think he left because I think he was probably a little hurt that he had to go through this business aspect of the game uh, with the team that, you know, he thought that put him in, in high regard that they were he was going to get paid and he was not going to have a lot of uh, trouble, you know, getting what he wanted. But once he didn't, you know, he felt like he was a little bit, you know, hurt by the organization. He left and he went to Seattle uh, to play with them. For you know, obviously a lot more money than the uh, money that the Yankees were offering him. But I, 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 you know, it's my very personal and humble opinion that Robinson's career would have been a, it would have had a different turn if he had remained a Yankee. And I mean, maybe I, I'm wrong. Uh, maybe in hindsight, everybody is you know is is a, is a great quarterback. But uh, I say that you know, I decided to stay, and my career you know couldn't have been any better. You know, after I won. In 98, we won back in 99, we won back in 2000, and then we were in the series two other years, you know, 2001 and 2003, have the opportunity to be noticed. 
and to be in a team that was relevant in all those years, to me, it was more important uh, than, than getting, you know, getting uh, better paid. Uh, but that's a, that's a very, very uh, individual decision that every player has to make on their own. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, looking at these two cases, you know, how their careers and my career developed. Uh, and, uh, you know, I would say that, you know, Robinson would probably would have an opportunity to be the best second baseman in the history of the Yankee organization if he might have remained a Yankee. And I, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to create any controversy here, but I think that I'm speaking from the heart. And I'm saying that, you know, uh, Aaron may probably have an opportunity to be in that pantheon of players that you say, hey, you talk about Mantle, you talk about DiMaggio, you talk about Derek Jeter, you talk about Mariano. Aaron could be in that in that plateau as well, uh, being, you know, part of this great organization. Uh, and uh, maybe in hindsight, maybe it doesn't matter now because he's young and he feels like, you know, he can probably do a lot of things with his career. But I think in hindsight, in my particular, uh, uh, you know, opinion, that was the best decision that I ever made. You know, remaining a Yankee and having an opportunity to play in all those championships and being in the mix year in and year out, that's what you play for as a player. And uh, Aaron has a great opportunity to have that, uh, you know, have that for his career. But Bernie, again, you did have the opportunity to at least think about what it would look like if you were in another uniform. And, you know, Aaron went out to San Francisco and he visited with the Giants. Um, you went through that. I mean, you talked with the Red Sox, you talked with the Diamondbacks, I think, too, right? Buck was managing Arizona. Uh, I think they offered you number 51 before they gave it to Randy Johnson a couple of weeks later. Um, what, what were those visits like? And from that perspective, I had an agent tell me that once a player started and once a player and his family started envisioning the, just the idea of playing somewhere else. That's a tough thing to start walking back because you start mentally and visually putting yourself there and thinking, okay, oh, what happens if I play in Boston? What happens if I play in Arizona? What happens if I play in San Francisco? What do you remember about those visits that, you know, and the pitch that the other teams were making to you? There were, there were great offers. And uh, I mean, uh, I had a, a little bit of an even more difficult task with Diamondbacks because, uh, I mean, I grew up uh, with Buck Showalter. And he was very instrumental in making me the player that I became as a switch hitter, you know, uh, in the organization, knowing me and knowing he was almost like going from the Yankees to a place that that, you know, the person knew who I was and knew what I, you know, was going to bring to the table. So that made it, you know, it, it made it a lot harder for me to make that decision, you know, uh, and especially I mean, playing in Arizona, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's like, you know, it, it's like warm, you know, every, you know, the whole year around, you know, uh, it's, it's great playing conditions. You know, the organization was, you know, top notch. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I realized that uh, my allegiances, you know, emotionally, spiritually, I and mean, whatever you may, may want to call it, I wanted to remain a Yankee. And that was the one thing that sort of, uh, you know, led my thinking, saying, okay, I want to be able to see all these opportunities but I think after I've seen everything that I've seen I, I kind of want to stay I don't think the grass is going to be greener on the other side I think I want to remain a Yankee and uh, I had to you know go through all the steps that I went through to uh, you know for both both sides I mean the Yankees have to come back and I have to come back and renew conversations and uh, 
I, I think, you know, it worked well for both sides. You know, we had an opportunity to, to be a championship caliber team uh, years after I uh, re-signed with them and I was part of that great run. So uh, it, it, it worked out great for both parts. Uh, another two-part question. One, you know, how much did your teammates play into that decision, right? Running it back with the same guys that you already won with, that you already went to battle with, that you're familiar with them and their families? Because I think that's going to play into this with Judge. The Yankees went out and signed Anthony Rizzo right away, and we all know that that's like one of his good friends on the team. And there's, you know, a, a handful of other guys because he's only been with the Yankees. And the second question um, isn't a judge question, but a Harrison Bader question, right? Because the Yankees made that trade to go get Harrison Bader to play center field. Judge had to play center field some this past year. He's not going to have to do that next year. Like he can stay right there in right field, short porch, judges chambers. So two part question, how much did your teammates play into that? And, uh, you know, what do you think about Harrison Bader in center field for the Yankees? Well, I think, uh, you know, the teammates are going to play a big role. Especially when you have when you have been in an in an organization that you have sort of grown with these guys, and you already have this rapport of being the face of the the face of the team, you know it's uh, you know you're a leader in that team. You know Aaron is a leader in that team, and a lot of people, a lot of the young players look up to him, you know, for that leadership. And I think he, he I, I think he he took that role. Uh, you know, almost like a captain type. You know, he was he he was kind of like the face of the team. He's gonna uh, get he was that. Always saying the right things and had a great relationship with the with the teammates that he had. Even the people that came from other teams, you know, were able to assimilate that system uh, in great part because of uh, Aaron's attitude and the way that he went about his business on a daily basis. So uh, I think that there, but that he could probably establish. Uh, his path, his way of playing and the, his way of going about his business on, in, on another team. Uh, so he's going to have teammates and they're going to look up to him and, and it's going to be the whole thing repeating itself again. The fact that he has, uh, you know, done it with the Yankees, that he already has that in place could be an important part of his decision making. Uh, and uh, as far as, uh, uh, you know, Bader, it's, it's, it's another thing, you know, he's a promising young player that is going to come in and take a lot of that, uh, wear and tear uh, of a playing center field, uh, you know, from from Aaron. And he, you know, he's, he's a, an all-star caliber, gold glove caliber right fielder, uh, uh, which is, you know, takes a lot less, uh, you know, uh, his defensive, although right field in Yankee Stadium, it's, it's, it's actually pretty hard to play too. I mean, I remember mm -hmm. Paul O'Neill making a living out of uh, playing that ball off the wall, throwing somebody out in second base. And he had to work on that every single day. Uh, but I think, you know, his, you know, his body constitution, you know, the way that he's, you know, has been able to be durable during the course of the season. He, he goes in, he goes in walls, he dives in head first. I mean, hey, wherever he plays in the outfield, he's going to play his hardest and he's going to he's going to give it 100 percent. But the fact that he's going to be able to concentrate and be uh, uh, a right fielder. And not really worried about you know where he's going to play, whether he's going to be center or left. I think it has to be uh, 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 something that will give him a little bit of peace of mind because he's going to know that he's going to be in one position and one position only. Whether he's going to be uh, DHing or playing right field, he knows where he's going to be, and that should give him a little bit more uh, peace of mind, you know, when he's make, making that decision as well. 
Bernie, I just one more for you. You mentioned captain. We've talked about Don Mattingly already uh, this weekend. Don Mattingly has a chance to be elected to the Hall of Fame. 16-person committee, needs 12 votes. Um, listen, I, I think all of us would love to see Donnie get in, and I, I, I don't even want to ask you if you think he should be in or not. That's not even important. I would love to hear your favorite Don Mattingly story. You spent a few years with him in your formative years in the clubhouse playing with him. You still call him Cap every time you see him. Um, what's your What's your favorite Don Mattingly story? Well, I, it's it's kind of hard because I, I think that uh, there is like a like the some of the parts uh, watching him uh, struggle later in his career with his back and being able to uh, play the game that he played that series that he played the last series that he played in Toronto knowing that he was as hurt as he was because I saw him I saw him every day in, in the training room, you know, and playing the way that he played. I mean, that was inspirational. That was, you know, the kind of stuff that you, that cements your legacy as one of the badass <laughs> dudes, man. Uh, and, you you know, you, you kind of modeled your career after a person like that. But even, even that, you know, because that's the way that he approached the game on a daily basis. And that, that was a given. You know, he told me so many nuggets of, of, of great advice, you know, through the years, you know, going from, I don't care what you do the night before, but you just come here ready to play every day, you know, you know, from that to really uh, taking me under his wing and protecting me as a young player, because the, the attitude and the culture that was on the team in the early 90s was one culture that was not, that was not, uh, good for young players <laughs> it was not good you know i have to say it you know we had a lot of veterans that were you know going after you know numbers and there was not a lot of cohesiveness in the clubhouse and he was doing the best that he could to try to keep that team together but uh, uh as a young player coming in you know with the likes of uh mel hall and and all of you know all those guys that were like really old school uh, I kid in tough love because I care. He was the one guy that said, hey, lay off that rookie. And then he was the one that took me in, you know, one day on a, a bus ride, you know, from Milwaukee, you know, from uh, County Stadium to the hotel and say to me, hey, don't let these guys, you know, take your game away from you. You're here for a reason. And these are the things that you need to do to be able to get to the next level. And I have it plenty of confidence in you you're a great player you've got great raw ability but you need you need to concentrate on these certain things you know being here on time you know working hard every day you know not taking everything for granted all of those things that he told me you know and then I had a great opportunity the last year that he was there we were in a plane ride back to New York after we got eliminated in, in Seattle and he said hey this is the first year that you've hit 300. And I have a feeling that it's not going to be the last year that you hit 300. This is just the way you roll. And uh, between him and, and Willie Randolph, man, they were just so instrumental in my, you know, just keeping me in line, making sure that I took care of business on the field, and then everything else would fall into place. But uh, Don Manley, his, his whole career to me was an example and uh, on how to be a Yankee, how to be a Major League Baseball player, and how to be a winner. You know, uh, and uh, it, it, I have nothing but great things to say about him. Keith, anything else you think we should uh, let Bernie roll? 
No, that's great. The only thing I was going to add, you know, with, with Donnie Baseball, he just did an interview on MLB Network where he said he thought he was going to be out of baseball this year, right? He's done with the Marlins, and Yankees fans were saying, hey, bring him up here. The Toronto Blue Jays beat him to it, I guess, and they offered him a bench coach job, so now the Yankees will be facing him. He'll be in Toronto. I, I didn't think he wanted to live in New York after being in Miami, but he's down <laughs> to go live in Canada, so... Uh, I wish him the best, and thank you so much, Bernie. The last thing I wanted to add, uh, one of the highlights of my year was you reaching out, you know, coming on WFAN and then inviting me to play in your softball game. I thought I was going to be terrible. I hit a home run. My oh, wife got it on great. video, and we won the game, and it was just a blast. Uh, you signed my jersey. You have, you have youth on your side, man. You have youth on your <laughs> side. <laughs> yeah, for now. You're a young snapper, man. And uh, oh, I'll, I'll be back he, next year he, if you invite he, me back. Old, he'll dump you just like every other GM does, right? <laughs> man. I got like five more Jesus. years to play. <laughs> Dude, man, you're great, man. You got open invitation every time you want to come, man. We really enjoy you, you have, having you there. And, uh, you know, all you bring to, to the, you know, all you brought to the team and all you bring to, to New York now uh, in, in this great endeavor. So thank you so much for keeping all these fines in the know uh, and getting them to talk, you know, about, you know, the things that we care about. So, you know, you guys are doing a great job, man. Keep it up. Bernie, it's always a pleasure. Uh, you've always been one of my favorites to be around. You're always thoughtful when we ask you questions and people who just listen to you speak about this. Uh, just get an example of what I was able to, you know, just absorb from you in the clubhouse. Uh, in good times and bad, you always had something thoughtful to say. So I always appreciated that from you, and I want to thank you for that up, uh, up front with you. Um, people can go to tune into Lung Health. Dot com And you'll see Bernie's latest endeavor. Uh, IPF is idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Uh, it's a lung disease that took Bernie's father back in 2001. And uh, raising awareness has just been part of Bernie's mission for these last several years uh, through music and through talking about baseball and everything else. Uh, listen, the only other thing, you have another album in the works anytime soon? What are you, what are you thinking here? I'm working on some music, you know, trying to get this uh, knee situation out of the way. Yeah. But um, it, the good thing about it is that it's giving me an opportunity to play a lot of guitar. So sure, I, am, I am putting some music together and uh, an album is on the works and it's uh, hopefully coming soon. I can't wait. We can't wait. And uh, we'll be there. Uh, yeah, we have this great. Uh, even when I was playing, we, we always talk about musicians, you know, always talk yeah. about music outside of what we needed to talk, you know, as far as baseball. But uh, we always had that great rapport, man, and I really appreciated you. And I appreciate your support, you know, all, all these years, man. And you and your family have been just great. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Anytime. We'll be there the next time. Tell us where and when, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll see you. And I'm sure we'll see you on a, on a softball field later this summer when that knee finishes uh, rehab. And uh, you'll be flying past all of us. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Thank you so much, bro. Bernie, thanks a lot. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 